0: Where you can also learn more about working with me hello friend and welcome to episode 73 of the still space podcast your favorite place is not the coffee shop or the couch it's the bookstore we all love our favorite barista and our favorite streaming service But if you're not sure what direction to go, spend time in a bookstore. In this episode, I will share with you how the bookstore equipped me to be in the C-suite and how to make the most of your local bookstore, knowing where to go, where to turn, what to buy, and how to evaluate if a book is a keeper or not. I love to stop at my favorite coffee shop, not only to have a wonderful, rich, and overpriced cup of coffee, but also to experience the friendly atmosphere of seeing others overspend for the same experience. I like seeing my friends there. I like sitting down, talking about things. My husband and I have a weekend ritual where we go to a bookstore at least once a weekend. We get something to drink, we get something to eat, and we spend time looking over what books or magazines we want to buy for the week. Television is a wonderfully passive way to enjoy a relaxing evening and live vicariously through experience that I would never enter into while I'm awake. However, neither a cappuccino nor my couch helps me get to where I ultimately want to be. They are fine ways to treat myself to an escape or an hour with a friend, things we all need. Alternatively. A bookstore is filled with books that challenge your way of thinking, teach you about the things you do not know, and opens the door to reach new uncharted roads. Bookstores are not popular today because everybody, it seems, not me, but everybody is purchasing their reading material online. Oh, you go to a bookstore? Oh, you actually buy books? I still go to a bookstore, like I said, on a weekly basis. And I still buy hard copy books. I prefer to read books that way. I don't have to, but I prefer to because ninety nine percent of the time I'm reading nonfiction, and I highlight. And I know that you can do that in an electronic version, but. I'm very good at finding in that book what it is that I want to remember. I know exactly where it is because of where I highlighted it, the visceral experience of doing that. So my books are much more accessible to me than a bunch of files on a computer. Libraries are also a wonderful place to find reference books for your new journey, but some libraries do not have the extensive list of current nonfiction books that a bookstore may have. That's what I found when I was trying to learn to be a better leader. I'd go to the library and I'd see one, maybe two books from the authors that I liked, not the whole series of things that they had written. Most city libraries have reciprocal agreements with other libraries and can get a particular book upon request. I just didn't want to wait until somebody else had finished reading it. I like going to the bookstore and getting what I want. Compare and draw your own conclusions. Do what's right for you. There may be a book you can't afford to buy on your present budget. Request it from your local library. So if you're not sure what direction you want to take or you want to explore something or you just aren't settled, you're not feeling fulfilled, but you're not sure what to do about it. A bookstore and a library are great places to explore. Not sure what you want to do? Go to the business section of your local bookstore. You'll find shelves full of ideas. Go to the self-help, go to the psychology section, go to the religion section, go to the Eastern philosophy section. Not sure how you will handle a particular situation in your life, such as divorce, loss of a job, career transition? Go to the self-help section, and you will find countless options. Want to learn how to start a business, sell real estate, train your dog, or sell something online? The bookstore! Now, I'm certain a number of you are sitting there saying, well, I can just look that up on the internet. It's like we say in the healthcare industry, if you're ill, do not go to WebMD. Talk to your doctor. Go to somebody with a little bit richer and deeper information. If you go to a bookstore where they sell mainstream books, where authors did not self-publish their books, these are books that have been vetted, edited, and published by major publishing houses, McGraw-Hill, Penguin. Books that you find in a bookstore have rich information, not on the surface. These are... Books that have been researched and reviewed, peer-reviewed, and edited. At some large bookstores, you'll be able to get your cup of coffee there too, so you kill two birds. You can go to the coffee shop and read. Cafe bookstores are wonderful. Like I said, my husband and I visit one every weekend. You think this may frustrate the bookseller, but I bet that that bookseller is happy that you're there you will purchase many books during your round of sitting at the bookstore reading things and that's what they want they want you to be there reading enjoying that they're there enjoying and supporting your local bookstore Now again, the internet is another wonderful resource of information as well. But there is a lot more useless information to weed through on the internet than there is in a bookstore. It costs a lot of money for publishing companies to produce books. It does not cost a lot of money to get a website up and running. So we can be grateful for the editorial departments of publishing companies who do some of the work for us when it comes to researching credible information. When I find the internet most helpful is when I'm gathering resources not readily available in a bookstore, such as interactive venues that can give me valuable feedback on a specific situation. Example of these might be personality profile tests, salary estimators that appear on career management sites such as monster.com, USA Jobs, CareerBuilder, where you can access a list of government jobs which are not mentioned in the newspaper. These are great tools and resources on the internet that are not found in bookstores. There are wonderful nonfiction books that will help you learn what you need to know, and there are just as many that should have been reduced to magazine articles. I buy a lot of books. I buy several books a week, and A good percentage of them I don't finish because they're too wordy. They're just trying to get 70,000 words in that book, and that book could have been and should have been a magazine article. This happens to many things that are published in well-reviewed periodicals. A lot of magazine articles in Harvard Business Review, which I subscribe to, end up as books and I find when I read those books often they're very long and wordy and I would much rather have read the article. Make sure that the books you invest in will give you specific actionable strategies to help you on your journey. Spending some time in the cafe looking them over will help you determine that. Do you see a lot of words on the page? That means it's going to be long-winded and narrative. If you see a lot of breaks and headlines, that's a little more accessible, a little more how-to. During the time I was changing my life plan, I remember thinking that I had a lot of energy to put into something that was going to turn my life around. I just didn't know what that was. I knew that I was dedicated to doing whatever it took, The problem was that I didn't know what that something should be, so I spent hours sitting on the floor in Borders Bookstore, Barnes & Noble Bookstores, leafing through various books on entrepreneurial ideas, starting a business, sales and promotions. I couldn't afford those books at the time. And the bookseller didn't didn't care, invited me in, was happy to have me at the cafe, and I did. From time to time, I would buy books, but I would drop my children off at school. I would go to the bookstore, sit there and read as much as I could. I read a lot of John Maxwell books because John Maxwell taught the principles, the actionable tactics of management, but with a spiritual component because I'm so grounded in we have to nurture our soul and the souls of the people around us. So I learned a lot from John Maxwell, I read Stephen Covey, and those books are still out there today. They are timeless. The principles in them are timeless. I just could not find the direction I needed to follow. I was reading all these books, I was listening, but could not hear the calling. I decided that that was okay, I'd be patient. I just kept reading, taking classes and basic skills on the computer that I didn't have, and talking to people who were in jobs that seemed interesting to me. In reading, I was able to channel some of that unguided energy I had into learning things I didn't know in an area that interested me. I was really curious. Now, you might think you need to be scholarly to be a reader, which couldn't be farther from the truth, Good current nonfiction is written for the adult learner, not like a textbook that a student in college or a researcher might be reading, but more like a conventional conversation that holds anecdotal stories and points that are engaging and centered on a theme. I was never a compliant reader when it came to textbooks. I think I was an adult learner far before I was an adult. I don't like long-winded things, I never liked Shakespeare to this day, I don't like Shakespeare. Give me something very brief, easy to understand, which is why I wrote for a newspaper, because I like that. Tight writing, simple concepts, make it easy to understand all at one time. I love to write, so I became a student of becoming a better writer. I read books on creative writing, the art and style of good writing, I read books by best-selling authors. I read books by my author friends. I read books once for the experience and reread them again to study the craft of how they were written and to take notes that I wanted to remember. This helped me acquire more work in my freelance writing area. So I was reporting for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, but other publications were picking me up as well. And businesses were calling me and saying, Hey, I saw your byline. Can you do this business writing for me? Great. Publicity and marketing interested me as well because I could see how language in different contexts could carry very different messages. The art of strong language is very powerful and the lack of skill in language could lead to weak or non-existent persuasion. And I saw that. Learning to write well led to learning to speak well, led to learning to negotiate well, and to encourage and engage well. Soon I began reading about sales, self-promotion, and business during this period of my life when I had time on my hands but was not sure of my direction. My children would go to school. I was going through a horrendous divorce, so I needed to focus my time when they were all in school on how I was going to better position my family. I called this Meanwhile Time. During the Meanwhile Time, I had a lot of energy and just didn't know quite what to do with it. I honed my skills by reading and trying new things. This is when I mentored under an advertising specialty executive, where I put to good work my newly acquired knowledge of sales and studied what motivated people to buy. I went on to study management and then on to earn a professional certification in association management. While you have time on your hands and are not tied down to a full-time job, read everything you can. Take courses in computer and other skills that you don't have so that when you need them, you will have them. Study for certifications that will help you later. That does not mean that I think you need to do that to start fresh in your career. I don't. But if you have time on your hands in your meanwhile time, that's a good thing to work on. Once you get going in your new career, you won't have time to do things. Do it in your meanwhile time. Again, if you're not sure what kind of new life you want to pursue, what kind of work you want to pursue, what kind of business you want to open, read reading is a good way to channel energy and open new doors. Now here's a rule break. Don't always purchase books by the best-selling authors with the flashy covers. If you want to change careers, ask the bookseller for recommendations. If you want to start a business, ask the bookseller. Here are five rules for picking a nonfiction book that will stay in your library forever. Number one, open the book and look at the pages. If you see, like I said, a lot of copy with few breaks or little white space on the page, you will know that the book will read more like a novel. If you see a lot of white space, lots of breaks in format, and many bold headlines, You will know that the specific points may be more easily accessible when you're trying to reference them at a later date. This format may prove to be more accessible for readers looking for how to. Number two, look for lists. Lists will give you specific instruction of what to do and not to do to jumpstart your journey. Lists are simple and practical. I love lists. Number three. Read the table of contents. If the table of contents doesn't answer the question of what the chapter is about, chances are the book will be just as hard in which to find relevant points that you need. Ask yourself, will the contents of these chapters specifically answer what I'm looking for? And if those chapter titles are esoteric or too creative, not specific, probably indication of what the book will be like. Number four, read the inside back cover to see what the author has accomplished. Make sure they're giving advice from a have been there perspective. There are a lot of people today, especially after COVID, who did not want to go back to work. So they've positioned themselves as experts. There's nothing wrong with that, but if you're looking for advice from an expert, be it a coach or an author of a book, make sure they have walked the talk that they're talking about. If you want an executive coach, find someone that's been an executive. If you want a health coach, find someone that's worked in the health field. Make sure they're authentic. If you purchase a book, this is number five, go home and read a chapter only to realize you've made a mistake, take it back. I've done this we return clothes, jewelry, food, and more. Why wouldn't we return a book? Return the book and choose another. Booksellers want you to be a regular and happy customer. Now I'm going to share with you Ruth's story. Through most of Ruth Cutler's life, she felt stuck in a place called mediocrity, where she was unhappy and unfulfilled. She felt that, quote, settling was her lot in life and accepted it. She grew up with the fairy tale concept that a woman's career didn't matter since her real job was to manage her family. Career was meant to be something a woman fell back on just in case she had to work. Ruth reflects back and said at the time there were two careers for women, nurse or teacher. Her mother wanted her to become a nurse, and so she did that, graduating with high honors, marrying, earning a master's degree in nursing, and going on to become a physician's assistant. Still, nursing did not seem to be her calling. Western medicine seemed out of alignment with her philosophy of more natural forms of healing. After 25 years in healthcare, Ruth received what she now says was a gift. She was laid off. At the time, depression set in quickly, and she began to self-examine what she was truly called to do with her life. One morning, while reading the newspaper, she spotted a poetry contest. She wasn't a poet. She didn't even like poetry. But for some reason, she kept going back to that contest, thinking that if she wrote about how she was feeling, she could figure out the rest of her life. Ruth sat down to write the poem, Going Not Where I Know and didn't put her pen down for three weeks. There were days she wrote for 12 hours straight without getting dressed, making meals, or doing anything else. Along with the words of her poems came new ideas that transformed her beliefs about herself and possibilities of creating the life she wanted, the life she truly wanted to live. She said, through my poetry, I came to understand that God was talking to me and directing me to follow my heart. For the first time, I felt empowered to do whatever it took to design the life I really wanted. Ruth vowed then to let go of self-limiting beliefs and fears, all the things that we talk about on this podcast. She distanced herself from non supportive people Now, what would that be like if all of the people that were undercutting your mojo were not a part of your life, at least not in your life on a regular basis? And then she started to read personal development books and attend seminars of the like. Her energy was moving in a different direction. She participated in empowering activities such as Toastmasters. She stayed away from news as well as friends and family who were negative about her pursuits and instead spent her free time reading positive books, classic old books, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Again, these are classics. have been around forever. She said, I closed the chapter on a 25-year career to start my life over again. She realized she could not make a living writing poetry, but had confidence that she could put her writing and creative talents to good use, so she was just open to exploring, not with an end in mind, just discovering. Little by little, I started to replace the beliefs that controlled my whole life, said Ruth. She saw the internet as her future and at 46 enrolled in classes to build her computer skills, living on credit cards and a home equity line of credit. She took courses in software programs such as web design, Photoshop, Illustrator. She ultimately decided to start a business designing websites and helping people with internet marketing. Today, 11 years later, Ruth is the owner of a successful business specializing in web design, which she operates from her home, where she and her husband live, in the town that they love in Naples, Florida. I truly believe there are no accidents, said Ruth. Whatever we believe and think about, we attract in our lives. I make a point of visualizing what I want every day, she said. Ruth's only regret is that she did not have a mentor along the way. She said, I could have learned these lessons earlier in life. Because of this, Ruth's goal is to continue to mentor as many people as she can. Be persistent, she tells them. You can't throw in the towel because the first thing you do doesn't work. You don't stop, you keep going. She advises others to not allow themselves to stay in a stifling environment. Don't be complacent. She said to sit back and do a menial job in the easiest way possible. Make it into the best opportunity it can be. If you see something that can be better, do whatever you can to make it better. My wish for you this week is that you stumble into a bookstore intentionally, peruse around, look at what's in there, go to all the different sections. You might discover sections you hadn't even thought of. Open a few books, explore, and allow your mind to be at ease and know that you can do whatever you put your mind to. I believe in you. I know you can do it. Okay, leader, many of you have reached out and asked me what it's like to work with me in my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life circle. So I'm going to give you a very brief overview of exactly what you get in working with me for that six-month program. You get transformation. You get walking into any room, any situation, knowing you belong, having control, having people come to you. But on a tangible basis, what does that look like? It starts with seven one-on-one laser-focused individual coaching sessions with me over six months and then access to the six months of live weekly small group coaching calls and Because you know I only coach a handful of people, sometimes there are only two or three people on those calls. Sometimes it's only you and me. So that's like another weekly coaching session, and you get to get the perspective of other executive leaders who are in the same place that you are. Get six-month access to my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life time-saving assets, trainings, modules, and all kinds of workbooks that personalize this to you. The self-discovery is inspiring. Can't wait to get on to the next module and see how much more self-control you'll have over those negative thoughts that have been holding you back. There's a private online community where we can share daily questions. But the special bonuses you have 24-7 email access to me. I'm your coach on call. You want me to look at your resume, I'm happy to. Any of the exercises that you're having difficulty with, you don't have to wait to the call. You just reach out to me and I will get back to you within 24 work hours. You're having a problem at work with somebody, I'm your coach on call. There's a leadership intake analysis that I read on my own time so that I can get more background on you, not have to use up your sessions with me. And exclusive to this program, Flow on the Go Weekly Planner, where you can track your routines, track your gratitude, track what's changing, what's showing up for you. Well, What does this look like over the six months, Mary Lee? Okay, number one, that first month, you notice your patterns, your habits. You start noticing the patterns and habits of others. You have defined your signature strengths and your personal values, and you're applying those. And now you're starting to dream again. You have a vision for yourself, for your career and your life. You've stopped judging yourself and others. In month two, this is where I've taught you how to self-regulate with curiosity. You process difficult and stale emotions and release them. You replace your stuck story with how you're not whatever enough. And you are now creating a career plan with confidence, feeling worthy. You have self control over negative thoughts, over your behavior, and months. Three to six, you are playing blue sky big. You are soaring here. You are self-empowered. You execute your career and life plan. You shine, apply for stretch roles, if that's what you want. You have better relationships and control over your food intake, your sleep, your exercise, your self-care. You have compassion for yourself. And you know that person that you really dislike? You actually have compassion for them. So there is a link in the show notes slash consultation go ahead and apply i will reach out i'll set up a phone call with you we can go over some of the details but i'm interested in helping you be that mindful leader with a satisfied life and there's no reason to wait because it happens quickly i'm glad you were with me today and i invite you to subscribe to this podcast And get any of my free publications at my website, MaryLeeGannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me.